Hi, this is Pastor Tom, and I want to welcome you to Matthew week 17. That means we're in chapter 15 this week. We're coming out of the parables of chapter 13 and the miracles of chapter 14. In chapter 15, the focus of chapter 15 is on making sure everyone gets to hear the good news. Throughout this chapter, in encounters with the Pharisees and discussions with the disciples and the healing of a woman's daughter and the feeding of the 4,000, there is this common theme that's going through all of it. And that is that God has invited everyone into a relationship with him. You see, Jesus, when he first came, he preached, he taught the Jewish people, but throughout his teaching, he puts in these clues for his disciples and for us that in the end, the teaching isn't going to be just for the Jewish people. He began there. He needed to begin there with the people of God, but he began there for a reason, so that the message could go out to everyone. And as you walk through this chapter with me, you're going to see that there are some barriers that we have to be careful of. There have to be in our lives some things we're careful of in making sure people hear the good news of Christ. You see, when it comes to hearing the good news, there are barriers that I can have in my life to listening to the good news of Christ. And some of those can be spiritual barriers. I don't want to listen. I don't want to be close to God. I want to be selfish and live life my own way. I would never say it that way, but that's what's really going on. So I get angry anytime somebody wants to tell me the good news. But sometimes there are barriers, not on the spiritual side, but more on the practical side. They're man-made barriers. They're things that you and I do as followers of Jesus that keep people from having the fullest opportunity to hear the good news of Christ. And we're going to look at some of those barriers this week. Barriers like our traditions or our our at least supposed or our look of self-righteousness or barriers like our narrow vision. Those are things that can keep people from hearing the good news like Jesus wants us to be telling the good news. Now, in verses 1 to 9, as this chapter starts, Jesus talks very clearly about the danger of tradition. Listen to what he had to say. Verse 1 says, Then some Pharisees and teachers of the law came to Jesus from Jerusalem and asked, Why do your disciples break the tradition of our elders? They don't wash their hands before they eat. Jesus replied, Why do you break the command of God for the sake of your tradition? For God said, Honor your father and mother. And Anyone who curses his father or mother must be put to death. But you say that if a man says to his father or mother, whatever help you might otherwise have received from me is a gift devoted to God, he is not to honor his father with it. Thus, you nullify the word of God for the sake of your tradition. You hypocrites. Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you. These people honor me with their lips. These people are far from me, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are but rules taught by men. Jesus talks here about a particular situation where instead of honoring their father and mother, they'd put a rule in that if they devoted money to God, it wouldn't have to be given to support your parents. You could use it for the things you wanted to use it for. And Jesus is saying you've built a spiritual loophole. Your tradition is keeping you from following the word of God. Now, if you look carefully through these verses, Jesus talks about the results of tradition in these verses. He says, because of tradition, you break the command of God. He says, because of tradition, you nullify the word of God. Because of tradition, he says, your hearts are far from me. And because of tradition, he says, you worship in vain. That tells me, when I look at that list that Jesus gave in these verses, that tells me how extremely dangerous tradition can be. Now, when we talk about tradition, we're not talking about God's word. We're not talking about 
something that is old like God's Word. What we're talking about is what we've imposed on God's Word or our ideas about God's Word or our things that we've added in that have nothing to do with God's Word. They might have sounded good in the beginning, but they don't fit with life today. Now, the truth is, when it comes to tradition, we don't start with tradition. Things don't begin as a tradition. They become a tradition. And most often, it starts with a good heart. It starts as obedience. We want to do something right before the Lord. But then we start to trust in the action alone rather than in the heart behind the action. And actually, Jesus says, when that happens, what was at the beginning, obedience, becomes disobedience. Things become tradition. Let me share with you how this happens in three specific ways. Habits can become tradition. The commands of God can become tradition. And even history can become tradition. Habits can become tradition. What starts as a good habit, like a way that I pray, like every Monday I pray for the missionaries, every Tuesday I pray prayers of thanksgiving, that can be a good way to pray. But that habit can become a tradition that says every Monday I have to pray for the missionaries. I'm being disobedient to God if I don't give thanksgiving on Tuesday. And in fact, not only am I being disobedient to God, you're being disobedient to God if you don't do it like I do it. So that habit has become a tradition, and when it becomes a tradition, when habit becomes tradition, it becomes a ritual. That's what a ritual is. Rituals, most of them, started as good habits, just good spiritual habits. But then the heart was taken out of them. Then the worship was taken out of them, and all that was left was the action. Supposing somehow that just by doing the ritual, without a heart towards God, sometimes without even being saved, that somehow that's going to bring me closer to God. It is not. It is not. Habits can become tradition. They become rituals. The commands of God can become tradition, and that's what's called legalism. When I look at the commands of God in the Old Testament, and I begin to build my ideas of how they should be followed through, my ideas of how they should be lived out. We're going to talk about that quite a bit this week, this idea of legalism. Legalism is not being obedient to the commands of the Old Testament. Legalism is me deciding how those commands need to be lived out, and then imposing the way I think they should be lived out on other people and saying to them, you're not being faithful to God if you don't do it like I say it should be done. So in the case of the Pharisees, they had lots of laws, as we've talked about in the last few weeks, about how to make sure you carried out the commands of the Sabbath day. Just one command in the scripture, but they said it means you can't do this, you can't walk this far, you can't do this, you can't go outside the the city limits, you can't do this, you can't do that. And they began to say that their legalistic ideas about the law were just as important as the law. That's where they got in trouble. Commands become tradition, and when they do that, they become legalism. And then history can become tradition. The history of how we've done it before, how we've done it in the church, how we've done it in our family, how we've done it in our lives, and that's culture. Now, you can have good culture, but you can also have a bad culture where you think everybody has to do it this way. If you don't do it that way, you're not really close to God. So, for instance, in a church that has a prayer meeting on Wednesday night, you can start to think, if you don't come to prayer meeting on Wednesday night, you're not really a strong Christian. No, it doesn't matter if you have to work on Wednesday night. It doesn't matter if your kids are getting home and have to do homework on Wednesday night. You can't be a good Christian unless you do what the culture has always done. History becomes tradition in our culture. Now, just to get practical about this, someone on our research team asked, when it comes to this idea of tradition and the traditions of the past, they asked this specific question. What about people who call anyone saying that sexual sin, like adultery or homosexuality, anybody who calling those things a sin must be a modern-day Pharisee because they're just holding on to the traditions? Well, what you have to sort through, and Jesus teaches us this here, is what's said in God's Word 
and what we've imposed upon God's word as a tradition. And he says to the Pharisees, you are nullifying the command of God by your traditions. So when Jesus talks about traditions here, he's not talking about the Bible. Jesus upheld the Bible in everything that he said. Jesus said, I came not to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. He's not saying don't follow God's word from the past. He's saying don't follow the man-made rules that go along with God's word from the past. And when you and I allow that to begin to happen in our lives or others to impose that on us in our lives, what happens is it becomes a barrier to people coming to know Christ. Because intuitively they know that's not in God's word. They can read God's word. They can read the Bible. And so they know we've set up a list of rules that have nothing to do with what God has said or Jesus has said. And so because of that, our traditions can keep people from hearing the good news. Jesus' goal was to change lives, not impress traditionalists, not impress the, the legalists of the day. And if you do that, if you do the same, you're going to be criticized by the traditionalist. If you say things like, we don't have to worship on Sunday, we could have a Tuesday morning worship service. There will be some people who will come to that worship service who couldn't come to any other worship service. Many people will rejoice. There will be some people who say, no, if you don't worship on Sunday, or others who say it has to be Saturday, if you don't worship on this day that I say you have to worship, then you can't truly be worshiping God, and they will criticize you. You just have to know that the church down through the ages, down through the last 2,000 years, has often confused man-made traditions with biblical orthodoxy, biblical belief. We have a hard time sometimes letting go of our traditions. Why? Because they involve change. Just because we've always worshiped at 11 o'clock on Sunday morning doesn't mean we always need to worship at 11 o'clock on Sunday morning. Just because we've always prayed in a prayer meeting this way doesn't mean we always need to pray in a prayer meeting this way. But if you've done it all your life, you're comfortable with it. It's hard to change. Change is hard. But we have to remember that old phrase, there is no growth without change, and there's no change without loss, and there's no loss without pain. So it's painful for us to let go of our traditions, our ways of doing things, in order to open our heart to new ways of inviting people in. Now, for you and I, what does it mean to let go of traditions sometimes in our world today? Well, for many churches, it's meant using a different style of music. You might love hymns, but you use a different style of music to be able to reach out to people who, when they hear a hymn, they just think tradition. They miss the message in the hymn. For others, it means being more welcoming to people who are coming the first time to church. Others, it means using words and the messages that help people to understand or explaining the words from the Bible that help people that are coming the first time to understand. For all of us, it means accepting people who are not yet believers. You don't accept people's sin, but you do accept people. You don't expect people to act like Christians before they're Christians. You accept them while you're sharing with them the good news. One of the keys to being able to accept people, helping them to hear the good news, is letting go of some of those traditions. Let's take a moment to pray together. I don't know what traditions you might need to let go of or to pray would be let go of, but you do. So I'm just going to ask you right now to say, Jesus, if there's some traditions in my life, I don't want to just focus on these Pharisees from the past. If there's some of these things in my life that are keeping people around me from hearing the good news, ways that I talk, ways that I express myself, things that I think this is the way it has to be done. Help me to see the difference between my traditions and your word, between the way I want to do things and the people that you care about. Lord, I need you to help me to see that. So I pray that you would. In Jesus' name, I pray this. Amen. Tomorrow, we're going to talk together about how do you remove the barrier of self-righteousness. <music> 